Oh, how he was. 
just thank you, God, that you know our name. God, you know every situation that we're facing today. We know, God, that you are not surprised by the events that have even taken place this morning already in our life. You are not surprised. God, I thank you that you have equipped us and you call us to be triumphant. God, in the face of adversity, we thank you, Lord Jesus, that you call us not just a conqueror, but more than a conqueror. You have equipped us with the ammunition to take out the enemy. And I thank you for that. We are encouraged today in your presence. We thank you that we can worship you freely. God, we thank you, God, for those that are worshiping online, those that are in-house today, God, that are worshiping. And we ask that your presence, we thank you that your presence is omnipresent. We thank you, Lord God, that you would just begin to minister even through the cameras today, minister in this corporate setting right now in, in the building. Lord, I thank you for healing for those that are needing a physical miracle. God, thank you for a spiritual and financial uh, supernatural turnaround in every situation, oh God. I thank you that you are an on-time God, and we thank you. We thank you that there is nothing that's too difficult for you. There is nothing that is too hard for you. Hallelujah. And we praise you because you are the one and true and only living God. We give you all the praise, all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Pastor Bev is going to come with some announcements, but you may be seated in here. Um, And and, uh, we're so excited. I just want to welcome Praise Church today. Thanks to each of you. So glad to see each of you in the house this morning. Uh, We even had some from our New Orleans campus that drove on out, and we are so glad that you're here. Um, But we're also glad that you are here welcoming us, uh, welcoming the Holy Spirit right into your living room, into your car, wherever you are. And we encourage you to be interactive just as we're going to be interactive in the house. We want you to be interactive and send your favorite emoji, give put, put some hearts there, share it right now. It's a great opportunity for our online audience to begin to share this on their page. Just press that share button and it's going to help other people, your friends, uh, people that are connected to you to be able to tune in to today's service. Um, I want to let you know that we are are excited that we have the ability through our streaming service to provide you a 12 p.m. and a 6 p.m. replay of this 9 a.m. service. Um, We apologize that we have had a few technical difficulties that were not on us, but for whatever reason, our streaming service had some complications the last few weeks with our replay. So pray with us that it works today. And um, so we are are excited that we're able to reach people um, not only in our community locally, but we have people internationally um, that are tuning in. We have several from Texas. Let us know, in fact, where you're tuning in uh, from today. Put your city and state. We'd love to hear from you. Um, we also have people from Australia. We've got people from all over that we get reports from. And so we appreciate all of our church family for sharing it, even in-house today. If you want to share it on your page, we appreciate that and help us to get the word spread out. Welcome to Praise Church. If you don't have a, praise, if you don't have a church home, we welcome you to prayerfully consider making Praise Church uh, your online home. Just a little bit about Praise Church, and then I'm going to I'm gonna stop, is that we, have, we are excited. We have three campuses. We have our Gonzales, Louisiana campus. We have our New Orleans campus, which is actually located in a suburb called Metairie. And then we also have our online campus, which many are tuning in right now. So um, our weekly services right now are Tuesday night and Wednesday night at 7 o'clock um, online. We provide that online. And then also our Sunday morning service, 9 a.m., in person in Gonzales, 11 a.m. in person in our at a New Orleans campus, and then of course, as I shared earlier, our online camp, our online services. So uh, we're excited you're here. God bless. And after I share, would you just remind me who I'm turning it to? Okay, I might have forgotten y'all this morning. Sorry about that. Um, but I wanted to, I just have a couple of things to say because basically she covered it all, and that's cool because we we flow in this thing together, and I appreciate it so much. Appreciate all the work that uh, Bethany and Josh and so many at our church do to help us uh, carry out the work of the ministry. It's an awesome opportunity to serve as a pastor. It's an awesome opportunity to be able to minister via media aspects. But you know, you need a team to help you, and so we're so thankful for our media team. Those that are here and that are working with us to make this possible. I just want to remind you that if you or someone you know has been dealing with grief, tomorrow night will be the second of a, 
a 12-week course. I think, it's, I think it was a 13-week course, and there's 12 more, on the topic of overcoming grief, and it will be conducted at 6.30 at our church in New Orleans, which, as Bethany explained, is actually, the campus is actually right now located in Metairie, but it's our New Orleans campus, and they meet at a facility in Metairie, Louisiana, uh, Praise Church of New Orleans. You can Google it. You can look it up. Go to our website, Praise Church of Louisiana. You can find the address and information. We would love for you to come and be with us and bring somebody you know. And you know, I know I say it every time, probably sound like a broken record, but we suffer with grief from a lot of aspects. Many times it's just due to a broken heart because of relationships that have gone bad and things of that nature. It may be the grieving, the loss of a business. Sadly, right now, a lot of businesses are having to close, and it could be over something like that, but it could also be the loss of a loved one who has passed away. You know, grief is a very real thing, and it's natural to grieve, but it's good when you can draw together from other believers, from the Word of God. Linda Bond is, is a trained and life licensed therapist and she has been trained to deal with grief and she's dealing just solely with that topic right now so we'd love for you to take a ride to our church in New Orleans and let God minister to you because we want to see you walking in the fullness of joy that God has provided for you and uh, as Bethany said we will see you again on Tuesday night and we thank you for being with us this morning Pastor Josh would you come all right, good morning. Hope everyone's doing well. I'm going to read just three passages of Scripture, or three verses, I should say, not passages. Uh, Matthew 6, if you're going to write this down, verse 22 through 24, and I'm going to read from the Passion Translation. It says, The eyes of your spirit allow revelation light to enter your being. If your heart is unclouded, the, the light floods in, but if your eyes are focused on money, the light cannot penetrate the darkness, uh, penetrate and darkness takes its place. How profound will the darkness within you if the light of the truth cannot enter? And that's the part. How can you worship two gods at the same time? You will have to hate one and love the other or to be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot worship the true God while enslaved to the God of money. We can only worship God, amen, because Jesus says where your treasure is, your heart will be also, amen, and, and, and that's why I love giving because it, it realigns my heart. Come on, the giving is, it, it, it is finances, and it is part of the sweat of our brow, and it is the part of the work of our hands, but it's also a heart issue, and so if you get a little stony in the heart, come on, if you get a little rocky in the heart, start to worship God, but start to give back to him, come on, and start to praise him and honor him. Hey, we were on vacation this past week, but during the middle of vacation, you know what? I made an offering to God. Why? Because our weapons of warfare are not carnal. They're not of the flesh, but they're spiritual powers. And I was a little concerned uh, about some sales things in my job. And I said, you know, what? I'm not going to carry this all week. I'm going to worship him. Come on. And I'm going to give an offering and I'm going to release it. And God's going to show up on my doorstep. Why? Because I invited him in to a situation. So if we could have a usher stand, please, in the rear. We're going to pray real quick. We have to allow the revelation light to enter into our being. Amen. Come on, we cannot live just by knowledge. We cannot live just by bread. Come on, but we have to live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And God will show you things that you do not know. Come on, he will take you into secret places, and he will give you unlocked treasures. And he will tell you things that you need to know, and he will bring light to situations, and he'll give you wisdom ahead of things. Come on. There's people that foresaw the coronavirus stuff coming before, months before it ever came. Well, who, where did they get that? They got from revelation from God. And so, you know, there's a shifting. Uh, and so God, what I'm saying is that God can get us out of any mess if we can hear his voice. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for the opportunity to give, Lord God. Father, we, we, we don't just worship you half-heartedly, God, but we reestablish you as God on the throne. Amen. Father, we come to you wholeheartedly today to give and to honor and to worship you. And Lord, we bring back into your house
what is rightfully yours, Lord God. We do not withhold for that yet you told us to give, Lord God. And Father, I pray that as we give and as we worship today, Lord God, that there will be revelation released to your people, that there would be wisdom released to your people. Father, that the things that we need, the decisions that we have to make, Lord God, Father, that you would impart unto us knowledge, and we give you praise and glory. May you bless the house and the giver. You may bring your gift in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. It's good to see everybody this morning, and uh, thank you for your giving. Uh, today we're going we're gonna to continue in a series that we've been doing midweek on, on the program uh, on the supernatural. And today I want to challenge each of us to make ourselves available for God to use us. I want to begin to read in Exodus chapter 4, and uh, I'm going to go down from verse 1 on down to verse 5. This is a familiar story. If you know anything about Moses' life, you know Moses... Uh, was raised in the Egyptian household, and uh, he learned uh, and was educated from the Egyptian standpoint. He went through a season in his life where he was in a desert, and uh, in that desert place was where he began to learn uh, the values of God, and God placed things in his hands to um, be able to set the captives free. So in Exodus chapter 4, it says, Then Moses answered, Behold, they will not believe me or listen to my voice. For they will say, The Lord did not appear to you. The Lord said to him, What is in your hand? And he said, A staff. If you look at that, it could be classified as a stick. But he has a shepherd's staff in his hand. And he said, Throw it on the ground. And so, so he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent, and Moses ran from it. But the Lord said to Moses, put, your hand, put out your hand and catch it by the tail. So he put it out his hand, and he caught it, and it became a staff in his hand. And that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob would appear to you. Now Moses is in a predicament here because he is being spoken to by God, but yet he has to confront things in the natural realm. He has to deal with Pharaoh. In this story, we find several things that are taking place, several things that are happening, and God is actually setting him up to deliver people from, Israel, from Egyptian bondage, the children of Israel from Egyptian bondage. And we see in this story... He says, they're not going to believe me. And many times in our life, when God begins to speak to us, we have an answer for God. They're not going to believe us. They're not going to listen to us. And, and God says to him, what do you have in your hand? What is it that you have in your hand? And he says, a stick. I've got a stick in my hand. And he says, take the stick and throw it down. And when he threw it down, it became a serpent. Now, I'm convinced... The word tells us that Moses had, had a speech impediment. I'm convinced that at this moment is when his speech impediment uh, uh, started, is when God said to him, catch it by the tail. And, and I think that Moses began to respond and says, whoa, whoa, what, what, what? And so anyway, I, I, that, that's worth tuning in for today right here. It says, what's in your hand? He says, a staff, a stick. I've got a stick in my hand. Throw it down. And it becomes a serpent. And God is actually demonstrating to Moses the ability that God has to use what's in his hand. Now it's interesting that it's just a stick. He throws it on the ground and it becomes a serpent. Moses, I think that I would have done the same thing, would have turned and run from it because I'm deathly afraid of snakes. And if I would have seen that snake on the ground, I would have turned and run just like him. So we can't be critical of, of Moses not having faith, he's working this thing out. And God calls him back and he says, catch it by the tail. And he put his hands on it and caught it by the tail. Now, I, I think that uh, uh, this story here uh, uh, is an interesting story, but it also has a, 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 um, 
a concept here for all of us that whatever you have in your hand, God can use for his kingdom. You don't have to have a, 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 a background in theology. You don't have to have uh, eloquent words to convince people of, of what you're doing, uh, to challenge people. God just wants to use what you have in your hand. And, and, and in this story, we begin to see that it was just a stick. In Exodus, uh, when, when he was standing at the Red Sea, when Moses was standing at the Red Sea, God said, lift up that stick. And when he lifted it up, the Red Sea parted. God was using what was, what was in Moses' hand. Moses didn't have to go and get anything else for God to use. God just wanted to use what Moses had in his hand. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 22, and when they were in Marah, a bitter water was there. And, and, and God began to speak to them, and, and they took a stick and threw it in the water, and the bitterness became sweet. God was just using a stick. It wasn't some big elaborate program. It wasn't something that was great and wonderful in the eyes of people. God was just using what they had in their hand. We, we go down to 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 10, and it talks about the widow. The widow was in a place that she was dying. She was starving. They were in a drought, and the window, w- widow was dying in a famine, and she was gathering sticks. And Elijah comes along, and, and miracles begin to take place out of those sticks. She was just going to cook a cake for herself and her son, and they were going to eat their last meal. And Elijah begins to speak a word to them. It's something about whatever you have in your hand that God, uh, God can use. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 5, And when the axe head came off the handle, uh, off the, 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 the handle of the axe, they were, building, they were building a school of ministry, a school for the prophets. And they were tro- chopping trees down. And, and I don't know if the young man that was using it didn't know how to use an axe and it came across the, the, the stump of that tree and broke it off or what happened. But it came off. The iron came off of the axe handle and sank. And the young man said, uh, it was borrowed. And Elijah comes along and says, hey, let me grab a stick here. And he puts the stick in the water. And the word says, and the iron did swim. In other words, they recovered all just because of a stick. Well, was it a stick or was it God using that stick? What, whatever's in your hand, God wants to use. The axe head began to swim. In Acts chapter 28, verse 3, when God brought Paul uh, to the island where the barbarians were and he was gathering sticks for a fire. God used out of the midst of that, those sticks, and this sounds crazy, but a viper latched onto Paul's hand and he shook it off, shook it off in the fire. But if it wasn't for him gathering the sticks, then the viper would not have been able to latch onto his hand. But God used that to, to, to minister and to deliver the barbarians. God wants to use what's ever in your hand. When God was ready to redeem the world, he laid his son on two sticks. He was crucified. He laid his life down for us to redeem us. In Proverbs chapter 17 and verse 17, he says, a friend loves at all times, but a a brother is born for adversity. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, a man of many uh, companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I'm here to tell you today that God is going to stick with you closer than any brother can stick with you. He He will be a friend to you and change your life and move you to a place. All he's asking for is for you to give him what's in your hands. You know, many times we, we think that uh, God might need some great uh, thing to perform a miracle, but he's just looking for what's in your hands. He's just looking for what you have gone through, where you've gone through a desert place, where you've gone through some dry times in life. You see, it's not on the mountaintop where you receive. 
It's in the valley. It's in the desert places. It's in the dry places. That as you go through some tough stuff, that God begins to put stuff in your life to help others, to help bring peace into other people's lives. We think sometimes that God needs something great to do a miracle in our life or through our life, and it's really not so. It's not about your vocabulary. It's not about your education. It's not about how great, wonderful you are or what kind of platform you can stand on. The reality of it is it's whatever you have that God really wants to use. And if you're able to give it to him, you don't need, you don't need what you, he doesn't need what you don't have. He needs what you have. You see, many people think if I can just get an education or if I could just do this or if I could just go to school or if I can just, I have these things, then I can do something for God. God's not looking for all of that. He's just looking for what you have. He's looking for what you can release out of your hands. The moment that Moses released his hands off of the stick is when God took it and turned it into a serpent. Now, we, we see the story. The story goes on, and, and, and Moses comes to Pharaoh, and he says, hey, uh, God sent me. I've been talking to God, and he's saying, let my people go. And, and, and Moses, uh, uh, Pharaoh says, I don't believe that God spoke to you. And, and Moses takes his stick and says, watch this. Puts it on the ground, throws it on the ground, and the serpent becomes, I mean, the stick becomes a serpent. And Pharaoh says, bring the magicians in. And the magicians are, are, are people that work with trickery. And they're, they're not prophets of God. And so, so they, they come in and they throw their sticks down and they become serpents. So Moses was not impressed with, with the stick turning into a serpent. His magicians could do that. The reality of it is when, when, when they, they begin to wait to see what would happen, it was Moses' stick that turned into a serpent that gobbled up all the other sticks. I think the miracle, the greatest miracle in this is not so much that the stick turned into a serpent, but the serpent, after Moses picked it up by the tail, turned back into a stick. You see, the point I'm trying to make to us today is that when you have whatever God needs in your hand and when you release it, God's going to use it. And when God uses that, he gives it back to you and it now becomes an ordinary stick again. It becomes whatever it is that you offered to God, it becomes that. And, and the question that I have is, when you operate under the presence of God or under the supernatural, and I believe that God wants his people to operate in realms of the supernatural, but when it becomes ordinary again, how do you handle that? You see, I think the key is that when, when you move back out from under the presence of God or the anointing of God and performing miracles for God, how do you handle your ordinary, because I believe it's important that our ordinary still worships God, still praises God, and we still follow after God, even though we don't have a platform to preach from, even though we don't have a great and wonderful things that are taking place around us and people are high-fiving and people are congratulating and people are giving uh, accolades to you. How do you act in an ordinary state? I think that's the greatest miracle that Moses went back to his normal state and he walked out of that place knowing that God used him, but he also knew who he was. You see, when we know who we are, God can work through us. And when we are able to handle the ordinary, the ordinary life that we live on the job, at, the home, at home, when somebody asks you to sing a solo and you sing your solo and everybody's high-fiving and you get the great voice and you got the wonderful, how do you handle it when you don't have another solo and now you're singing with the choir? Do you still sing with the choir or have you become too good because you had a solo and everybody high-fived you? 
How do you handle the ordinary after the anointing is over? I believe that God is looking for people that can handle not only the supernatural, but they can handle their ordinary life too and show that they can follow after God and they still understand who they are. Without God, it's impossible to do things that are supernatural. Without God working in our life, it's difficult to deal with situations and change them to deliver people, to set people free, and even bring healing into people's lives. It's only through God that people are able to do that. You see, Moses, when he was in the desert place, is where he picked up the rod, where he picked up the staff, where he picked up the stick, if you will. But it was with that of what he's walked through in the desert place that developed him to become the person that he needed to be. You see, a lot of times in our life, we go through some tough situations. And if we don't quit in those tough situations, we begin to move into a place that we have something in our hand because God deposits something in our life that we're able to minister with to other people. It might not be at the time that you think it should be, but in time, God will use what you have in your hand. God will use what you have gone through if you don't quit. Many people quit in the midst of a desert place, in the midst of a dry situation. Many people decide that they're going to remove themselves from the presence of God because God didn't uh, save them or deliver them the way they thought they needed to be delivered or saved. The reality of it is that God will never leave us and he'll never forsake us. He will always be with us and he's always working on us and with us to bring us into a place that when we have an opportunity to minister to somebody, we have something to work with. You see, some of, the, some of the hard times that we go through is only shaping our life for in the future, God to be able to use us. Don't allow yourself to be discouraged in a desert place. Don't allow yourself to be discouraged in a dry place. I, I was talking to someone just briefly the other day and they said, I'm just dry. I don't, I don't feel the presence of God. I don't feel I know where I'm going. I don't hear anymore. I don't know what's taking place. The reality of it is he's in a dry place. Could be in a, a desert place. He could be going through some things in this dry season that God is putting something in his hand that when he comes out, that he can be a deliverer to many people. Many times we despise the hard times of life. We despise the hardships that come our way. But it's in, it's in the desert places that we receive what God wants us to receive so that we can minister to others. It's not on the mountaintop when we're shouting and praising and doing all the great and wonderful things and we feel like we're on top of the world. It's in the place where nobody else is with us. It's in the place where that we feel like we're all alone, that we have no one to talk to except for God. I believe that that's where Elijah was when he was running from uh, Jezebel. He's under a juniper tree, and the angel of the Lord comes and feeds him, and then we find him in a cave by himself, feeling sorry for himself. Many times in a desert place, we feel sorry for ourselves. Many times in a dry season of our life, we can't hear what God is saying when he's speaking the whole time. He's instructing us by his actions or by him walking us through the dry places and preparing us for a future event or a future ministry to others to deliver them. God begins to speak to Moses and says, okay, now you have demonstrated with what I'm asking you to do to go to Pharaoh, and now I want you to go to Pharaoh. <clears throat> he says, how will he know that you sent me? God is actually saying to Moses in, in different terms, don't worry about 
what they feel or what they might think. I'm, I'm going to use you and he'll know that I have sent you. In our life, we want to reason away what God speaks to us and say, how will they receive me? It's not about them rejecting us. It's not about what their opinions are. It's just about us being obedient to what God is saying and to deliver what he wants us to deliver. You see, we go through problems and we go through, through trials to get to a place of victory. And when we get to the place of victory is where God wants to use us, where he wants to minister through us to touch other people's lives. You see, many people in our world today are suffering with many issues. Many of them are suffering with hurts. Many are suffering financially. I, I was listening to some reports the other day uh, uh, that down in Mexico, that one of the largest cities in Mexico, that there are 10,000 jobs that people are losing on a daily basis. People are without, people that had are now in a situation that they are living at a poverty level. Standing in line to, to just get something to eat it's not what they're used to eating, but it's just something to fill their belly. We're living at unprecedented, unprecedented situations in our world today. It's not just here in America. It's all over the world. We've got turmoil that's happening everywhere. And God's looking for some sticks that he can use. He's looking for some people that have something in their hand. That they're not saying, I need to have an education, I need to go this way, I need to do that before you can use me. God's just saying, I want to use you how you are. And I want to use you with your life experiences of how that I've walked you through the desert places. You know, many times in our life we think, well, how insignificant we might be. But when we allow God to use what's in our hand, we become very significant to someone that is going through some of the same problems that we have gone through before, but yet God delivered us and we can be the hope for others that they can be delivered also. The greatest victory, the greatest victory, I believe, is when that snake became a staff again, when it came back into his hands and, and Moses realized that he was just an ordinary man that God was using that God was taking his super and putting it with Moses as natural, and we had a supernatural event that's recorded in the history of the, book, uh, of the Word of God. Many people want to, want to be used just as that serpent, that, that rod turned into a serpent and gobbled up all the enemy and wiggled around on the floor there. And many people want to be used so they, they can wiggle a little bit the reality of it is, what can you handle after the wiggle is gone? Now that sounds kind of funny, I guess. But what, can, what do you do when the anointing has lifted for that moment and you go back to your normal? You see, God is looking for people that he can trust that will not exploit the, the anointing of God, will not prostitute the anointing of God, but will use it and know how they are in their normal state. He watches the transition if it's truly through your heart. If he can trust you with supernatural success. In Mark chapter 16, verse 17 and 18, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. This is what a believer's life should be. A believer's life should be that they lay hands on people and see people recover. The serpent in Moses' day was a sign of the supernatural. In Moses' moment, when he cast the rod down on the ground and it became a serpent, that was a sign of the supernatural work of God working through his life. Can God trust you to do the supernatural? Can God trust you and, 
and, and it not hurt you. You say, what do you mean it not hurt me? I want the supernatural. I want the presence of God. I want to be used of God. Will you still be able to be who you are even though God's using you? Can you be real with people? Can you be used of God and still be real with people? See, God's looking for people that can just be real. That can look at people and see their hurts and know what it's like to hurt because you've been through the storms, you've been through the fire, you've been through the desert places, but yet you've come through those things by the grace of God and God has placed something in your hand that you have to contribute to others, to bring healing to others, to help them advance in areas of their life they need to advance in. Can God bless you with supernatural success and use you over and over and over again? In other words, can, can he bless you with supernatural success and not change you of being humble before God and having a prayer life? Success many times ruins people. Success many times when you're in the corporate world and everybody's saying, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am, and, and whatever you want done, that's what we're going to do. But yet come home to your family and be an ordinary believer in your family's life. Can you love those that are around you that are not lovable? Can God bless you with supernatural blessings? I believe that in this season that we're in, that God is testing people to see if he can trust them when he, when he pours out blessings in their life. Can you be yourself or will success change you? I think it's a question that we need to ask ourselves. God wants to use us and God wants to bless us. He wants to work through our life. And yes, I believe that God wants to bring success. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, we've been talking about this for a couple of weeks now. He says, I want you to meditate on this word day and night. Don't let it part from your lips, but meditate on it day and night. Let it be a part of your life. Let it get inside of you is what, he, what he's saying. He says, and then, and then you will have great success. And then you will prosper. You see, the word of God will change your life for good. It'll change your life for the better. But success many times has a way of destroying people. Ask the people that have won the lottery after two or three years after they've won the lottery. There's a high percentage of people that are Worse off after they have won the lottery. You say, well, how can that happen? It's because they don't know how to manage what they have. And they're worse off than what they were before they won the lottery. You see, in a believer's life, we go through some things and God places things in our hands so we'll know how to handle the success that God gives to us. Success can change you but we should never change our heart for searching after God and loving Him and allowing Him to use us from one area of victory to another area of victory, from one place of success to another place of success, from one place of faith to the next level of faith to the next level, from victory to victory, from glory to glory, we should be growing. Are you the type of person that God can use whatever is in your hand and the success of what people see that God has used you in? Will it change you for the good or will it change you for worse? I pray that you let God use you. I pray that everyone in here today that we allow God to use us whatever is in our hand. We... we we have gone through some things in our life and every person in here is different. 
We've all gone through different things. But going through the storms and going through the desert places, as we come out of those places, we have learned some things along the way. And what we have learned is what God wants to use. And he wants us to take that and bring to others and show them the power of our God. You know, today you may be watching and you've gone through some stuff. Don't quit in the middle of what you're going through. Just go on through it. Don't stop in the middle of it and stay there. Many people stay in the midst of their trouble, in the midst of their poverty, in the midst of their sickness, in the midst of whatever they might be going through. Many people give up midway because the journey seems to be hard. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's tough. But as we go through it and come out on the other side, we're victorious over that. And God wants to use what's in your hand to touch other people's lives. I want to challenge you today. What's in your hand that God can use? It's not what's, what's not in your hand that he wants to use. He actually wants to use what's in your hand. What you've gone through, what victories you have in your life, the things that you have overcome and the things that you have victory over, God wants to use that to bring peace in other people's lives. I hope that this message today has challenged you to let God use you, especially in the times that we're going through right now. Times where the virus, COVID-19, is rising back up again. People having fear. People are dealing with all kinds of things. If you'll let God use you of what's in your hand, as soon as you release it out of your hand, he will cause it to become a supernatural moment for someone else's life. My question for us today is, how many of you at home and how many of you here want to be used of God? And if you're saying, I want to be used of God, don't question what you have or don't have. God will qualify that. He used many times in scriptures just a stick in somebody's hand and caused miracles to change islands of people, to change a widow's life, to change different people so they can move into the place that God was real to them. God wants to use you as an individual, that he, that, that he can show real people's lives and real miracles through their lives. And God wants to use you. Would you just make a stand for him today? Those of you that are at home, just make a stand and say, God, I want to be used of you. Those of you that are in this building this morning and you're saying, you know what, I want to be used of God. Why don't you just join me today and just stand to your feet and say, I want to be used of, of, of God, and I want God to work through my life, and I might not have what I think would be a lot, but God, you can use what's in my hand. Why don't you give it to him today and say, God, just use, use my life experiences, use my, my troubles that I've gone through, use my issues of my life, the desert places that I've gone through, and I've picked up some things in the desert place. Use it, oh God. I want to pray with you today. I want to pray with each of you in here today. Father, I thank you for what you're doing. I ask you, oh God, that you would hear our, our heart, oh God. I ask you, oh God, that you would use us, that we would minister to other people, that we would touch somebody else's life. Father, use what we have gone through. Use what we have experienced in life to touch someone else, to make a difference in their life so they can have success and they can be what you want them to be. Father, I ask you right now that your presence fill this place and touch each person that is at home and minister to them. And I give you praise and I give you glory for it. Amen. Amen. I'm glad you joined us today. I pray God's blessings upon your life. And we'll see you Tuesday night.
on our broadcast or Wednesday night at 7 p.m. We love you, and we'll see you soon.